everybody welcome back to the show this is reservations i'm jeremy blair and i'm rain whalen and we're back in person again we are back in person again after a week uh it feels like i haven't seen you in forever my guy well you haven't because um because we did the 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 other episode right uh-huh. devil all the time devil all the time and then we took a week off yes so that's like two weeks yeah you know? it's been a while that's true it's been a while <laughs> You know, so you're going to talk about Creed after you're making a post about can we ever forgive Nickelback? First off, that's stained, not oh, Creed. Oh, that's right. And well, uh, I mean, come on. I just no, to... no offense to uh, Aaron Davis, who the lead singer of Stained. I don't know his name. He's a country singer now. Is he? That's Aaron right. something. Future Rain, fix it. See, it's been a while since it's been a while. Been a while since I've called on Future Rain to fix something. Anyway, their voices sound somewhat. Similar. You think so? Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, it feels like I'm seeing you forever. Yeah, yeah. It's been a while. Uh, so before we get started, man, let's let's give a, just a shout out to to all the great comedians and actors that we've lost in this past week. Yeah, it's been, yeah. It's been a while. Yeah, there's quite a few. I um I was I was shocked with Meatloaf. Yeah, man, uh, I woke up to that. So uh, thank you for starting my day off uh, <laughs> on a depressing note. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. I, and I told Ashley, I told her, apparently she missed the entire news. And I told her, uh, when she got off of work and was like, Hey, like, I don't know if you saw, but Meatloaf died. And she was like, what? What? Yeah. Meatloaf. Uh, shout out to Meatloaf. Yeah, shout out to Meatloaf, man. Shout out to Meatloaf. Uh, Bob Saget. R.I.P. Uh, R.I.P. Um, Betty White, which oh, I don't know if we covered last God. time. We probably did. We, I don't think we did. Um, and Louis Anderson died too. So. Yeah, we we've lost so many great comedians and actors. Twenty twenty two is not off to a good start. Who do you think's next? Fuck, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to. I don't. I don't. I don't want to know who's next, man. Okay, cool. Here's my guesses. Um, <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> all right, cool. Let's let's start guessing. Okay, well, uh, oh, dude, I swear to God, if the next person, so when I saw Louis Anderson, and even though I didn't like see a lot of him i knew who he was but i was like oh that's that's still sad oh and we also lost um i don't know how to pronounce his name but he oh, played yes hannibal lecter and hannibal rising it's hannibal rising that's right uh his final thing that we're ever going to get to see him in is uh moon knight yep uh which i'm also very looking very much looking forward to so but yeah just oh, that's right yeah yeah it's it, it, i didn't commit it to memory because i don't know how to pronounce his name yeah so. it, it's it's future rain will, will, will hook us up something french yeah <laughs> And he, he died as a, a way Frenchman would in a skiing accident. They do love to ski. Yeah. Uh, they got those Alps. And speaking of French, great segue. Yeah. <laughs> That's a terrible thing. I terrible just segue. I know. I just talked about a man dying. Segwaying into the movie that we're going to talk about. But anyway... Just shout out to everyone we've lost in the past few weeks. So, Jeremy. Shout out in heaven or in hell. We don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if they've truly accepted Jesus Christ as Lord. 
Which is funny because we were literally last, well, not last week, but we literally just talked about a movie all about religion. That's right. Yeah, yeah we did. Christ. Yeah. All right. So if you didn't tune in uh, two weeks ago for our Double All the Time episode, um, we are now in the end of season series. Um, it feels like uh, you said it perfectly. It feels like a lifetime ago. We were doing House and Irreversible. I know. That was a long time ago. I know. It was literally last year. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> uh, yes, technically that is true. Um, yeah, so uh, end of season series, the Before Trilogy, Richard yes. Linklater. Um, yes. Really exciting stuff. I love these movies. I, um, you know, I, I wouldn't consider myself into like super romance movies, right? Like I. Yeah, I know. I, when I was rewatching this, I was like, you know, this is a very odd pick for Jeremy. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of romance movies, usually. Uh, um, but this one is just so different. I just There's something about it that I just love. Well, and you know? a shout out to Linklater. Shout man. out to Linklater. Um, right. Yeah, I remember you telling me about this. Uh, when, I, when, when you were really kind of getting me into uh, the Criterion Collection, and I was getting more serious about it, and you're like, well, dude, you got to get the Before Trilogy. Got it. And I was like, what's that? And you're like, dude, it's Richard Linklater. And I was like, the guy who did School of Rock? Yes. And you're like, yes. Yes. Get it. And so uh, the first of the trilogy is Before Sunrise. Right. I said that right, right? Yep. Before Sunrise. Before Sunrise. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So before before we get into the movie, I, I do want to say, uh, again, I did have that thought like, wow, this was this is very weird, even for Jeremy. Because it is, it is a, it is a romance, but a a non traditional romance movie. Yeah. Yes, it's guy meets girl, but in, instead of guy meets girl, they fall in love, they get married, then there's fractures in the relationship. Yeah. And you think they're not going to make it, and then they make up, and then that's the movie. There you go. I just summarized every romance movie ever <laughs> that Hallmark has ever made. Um, but this isn't like that. No. Yes, it's gr- boy meets girl, but. It's, it doesn't follow that format, and, and it's a testament to, you know, Richard Linklater, man. He, has he won an Academy Award? I don't know. I don't think so. Why the fuck has he not? I don't if know. If he hasn't. Well, he was up for Boyhood, for sure. Dude, I remember that. He, come on. And, I remember he was up for Boyhood. And, man, and look, you told me that Boyhood is good, but it's yes. not his best. Or not necessarily his best. It's I, you not, know, it's, it is very good. And because it, it's very ambitious and it's and it's well done for its ambition. It's just fun to to watch that movie. And, you know, if like if you're like me and are a gigantic Ethan Hawke fan, yeah. then you're like, oh, he was doing like, was he doing Gattaca here? And then like later it's like, oh, was, fuck it. Oh, cause that's right. It took 12 years and, for him to do this. Oh, yeah. and then he was doing this movie there. And, you know, it's just fun to, you know, remember where they were in their careers and their lives during yeah. this time. Um, he had already done this one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, uh, anyway, anyway, let's, let's get to the movie. So before sunrise. Yeah. Um, so Jeremy, would you like to paint the audience a word picture? Sure. Um, it is, like you said, the movie, the entire movie is what would traditionally take about five minutes in a romantic comedy. Yeah. Right. Or a romantic drama, whatever the, it's the, the boy meets girl, right? Yeah. Um, and the entire movie is just them getting to know one another and mm-hmm. falling for one another. 
um, through intellectual conversation. Yeah. Right? Um, and of course, just being with the other. Right. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I've said it before on the show. Uh, I don't typically like things that, you know, span over one day. Mm-hmm. Looking at you, final season of How I Met Your Mother. Um, <laughs> even though I love that show, that, that should not have done, been done that way. Awful. But this felt more natural for it to be one day or one night. Yeah. And it didn't feel, it didn't feel like they were trying to play with time just because it, it felt natural. Yeah. And, uh, and again, man, I can't speak Linklater's praises enough, man. Like the fact that this was just a simple idea for him. Like what if these two, two characters just met and talked? Yeah. Like so simple and it's so great. Yeah, I um all right, so it is based very ever so lightly on uh, a real life experience of both Richard Linklater and uh Kim uh Krizen? Krizen? Demar. Uh his co writer. Yes. And technically they had four writers because um oh, yeah. Ethan Hawk and uh, Julie uh Depley. Depley? Depley. Yeah. I don't know how to pronounce her. <laughs> Julie Depley uh also wrote dialogue and you know mm. situations um so it cries in i just said it and i fucking forgot uh anyway uh, hers is uh you know hers is just met a guy walked around talked for a long time mm. right um you know and felt a really strong connection link later's is a little more sad so link later's yeah. Uh, I don't know if you saw this in the trivia. Or, um, I, I started to watch it a little bit, and I got to that point, um, but the, but I wanted to press pause because I wasn't giving it my full attention. Yeah. So I didn't finish it, but I did get to this point uh, in that in that interview with him, Ethan Hawke, and the the moderator. Yeah. So um, he met a girl in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and they uh, they just hung out all night long. Right. Very similar to this, just talking. Right. Mm. I would assume also similar conversations took place because um, Ethan Hawke is basically playing Richard Linklater. Yeah. Right. Um, I, I, you can imagine Linklater being sort of an intellectual and being sort of like this sort of uh, existential, uh, you know, philosophical nerd. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, 100%. For sure. So, uh, and they never saw each other again. Right. Mm. And so it wouldn't be until 2010. Okay. Two of these have already come out. Okay. So he was hoping that by making this movie, they could reconnect. Right. And 2010 rolls by two of these have come out already. And he's working on the third one. Uh The third one comes out in 12. And, uh, she had died in a car accident. Oh no. Before the first movie came out. Oh no. And so it's sort of that, you know, like what we were talking about for devil all the time. It's uh, that, that not knowing. Uh-huh. Right. And, and knowing that and looking back on, you know, thinking back about, you know, link later writing this movie, thinking about her writing the next one, thinking about her and then finding out that she had been dead for 20 years, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's wild. Yeah. And it, and it's almost sort of kind of not quite 20 years. But you get the idea. Yeah. Yeah. But it also sort of kind of kind of plays into what uh, Celine says 
when they visit the graveyard. You know, it's kind of it's kind of ironic that that would happen. I mean, it's it's sad for Richard, but like, you know, it's it, it's it's very ironic that he would write, or at least someone wrote a bit of dialogue where she's talking about seeing this. And we'll circle back to this, everyone. Seeing this 13-year-old girl's grave 10 years ago, and here it is 10 years later, I'm older than she was, and she'll always be 13. And, yeah. it, and I don't know, that's, it's just interesting, because kind of what you're saying is Richard was wrote the first one, hoping that she would see it and they could re- find each other. Yeah. Wrote the second one, still thinking about her. So, you know, he is sort of Celine in this kind of scenario. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, it's just kind of ironic, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's sad, very sad, and, With, I, and I hate that. Without knowing that she had died, right? Yeah, yeah, and I hate that for him, man. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, he's married, though, isn't he? Yeah, probably. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I mean, it, it's sad, and it, I'm sure it hurts, yeah. or hurt at the time, but, you know, it. I'm sure it all works out, too. Because I think with something like this, in this situation... One that I've never found myself in. Yeah, I, neither have I, man. Uh, because first off, I would have had to have had the courage to actually to talk to to a, to a girl. <laughs> yeah? yeah. Okay. So and be out of the country. Yeah. So that's that's another interesting thing, but we'll get to that. Yeah. So I mean, imagine you know meeting someone for the first time, immediately having a connection, spending so much time with them uninterrupted, mm. and then never seeing that person again. It's like you know, that that emotion and that uh, those feelings stay at that height, mm-hmm. right? You never they never tend to dissipate. They never right. They never get the chance to because you're just so fixated on that. And so it's almost like, you know, that could have been the love of his life. You oh, know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, like, I if, if he is married, I don't know anything about Linklater really, but. Let's assume he is. Well, let's go track him down. He's a he's a fellow Texan. He is so a fellow Texan. Let's go track him. Let's go. Let's go to what his house. What he was doing in Philadelphia, I do not know. But <laughs> I think he said he was he was there for uh, a premiere, like for, I think for like Slacker or something like that. Or yes, he is married. Or so, dazed. I don't remember. So yes, he is married. But um, it's it's almost like he'll never find someone like that again, right? Or, you know, I'm surprised that he let it go. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, it would no. be hard for me to let that go. I would I would be constantly thinking about this this woman forever. Yeah. If I had been in this situation more than likely. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I I see what you're saying, man, cuz yeah, cuz you know, your your emotional high, you know, that can't be replicated. You know, well, it can be replicated again, but it it, it may not feel the same. And and I get that, you yeah. know. Um, which is why at the end of this movie, spoilers, um, you know, audiences, which I, I so wish I could watch this movie without knowing there are two others because they, audiences didn't think like, that, oh that, my God, that's it. You know, ah, are yeah. they ever going to see each other? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because that's what it was like, uh, for Linklater. Right. And for yeah. Kim. Yeah. What's her face? Kim K. <laughs> All right, so I, I feel like we've been kind of beating it around. Um, so everyone, yes. So this movie is uh, stars Ethan Hawke and Julie. I'll let you say her name because I feel like I've been saying it wrong. Delpy. Delpy. Um, sidebar, um, I realized while I was rewatching it, both of them uh, are in the MCU. I think Ethan yeah. Hawke, now a newcomer, being in Moon Knight, 
And Julie Delpy was in Age of Ultron. She was like the headmistress of the uh, the Red Room where Black Widow was trained. I, I mean, did not know that. I mean, she's got one scene in Age of Ultron, but one scene's all you need. I did not know that. Yeah. because uh, Ash- That's wild. I don't well, remember that. Because when I was watching it the first time, Ashley was like, she looks familiar. And I was just kind of like looking through it. And what's funny is Ashley and I had just literally just watched Age of Ultron okay. right before I put this on. I was like, oh, holy shit. Wow. <laughs> Should we just watch her in another movie? Good job. But anyway. Uh, but yeah, so they they meet. They have an amazing night to, uh, together. In Vienna. In Vienna, Vienna. Austria. Uh, obviously, Ethan Hawke is American. Yes. And Julie is... French. French, which she is in real life. And it's just so... Everything about the movie is very just natural, you know, of... of how they met, and then how, you know, Ethan Hawke saying, like, I'll regret this if I don't ask you. Yeah. Will you come with me? Yeah. And it's just... You're right. That's... I did write two notes down. Okay. One of them was, and I I swear to God, um, very natural is what I wrote down. That's the first thing I wrote down. Yeah. Because everything about it is just so, so down to earth, so believable, Mm -hmm. right? Nothing about this is sort of outlandish or over the top no, or my, my... unbelievable. Like it's all completely grounded in reality and not in so much so that it's almost like, like, am I like eavesdropping on these people like talking? <laughs> no, you know? I, I kind of, I kind of get that man. Yeah. Like, yeah. Cause it, it is, it is very intimate. Um, and it is very natural. It feels like you're kind of <laughs> stalking this couple all over Vienna, yeah. listening to their, very intellectual conversations and so i figured we weren't going to really get into what they like really what they talk about but mainly how they how they respond to what they i was going to ask you what your favorite one was that's hard because again i i i should have a counter for it i think future range maybe should put up a counter for how many times we say how natural it is but You know, every conversation is so natural and how it's brought up and, and I'll tell you mine. Okay. Tell me so you have time to think about it. So what I really like, because I like the concept and I like the idea of it is when they're on the trolley and they're, and it's very reminiscent of the graduate. I don't know if you, uh, I actually started watching that. Okay. But I wasn't, Did for, you some reason, that far yet? for some reason, I just wasn't feeling Dustin Hoffman that night. I understand. I, I, he had just gotten off the train. Like I was jamming to Simon to Garfunkel and I was yeah, just yeah. like, like, I'm not feeling Dustin tonight. And so I, I put it back on the shelf. Yeah. It's very reminiscent of the end of Simon and Garfunkel. Them, um, at least the, the framing and where they're sitting and you know what, anyway. Oh no, no, no. Yeah. No, I know. I know what shot you're talking about, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I didn't have him made it. Anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you liked the, the reincarnation. Talk. I loved it. I, I okay. liked the idea <clears throat> of Ethan Hawke saying that, you know, and it makes total sense. The uh, the amount of people changes over time and gets bigger, right? And uh-huh. so are we fractions of fractions of, of people, of souls, right? And uh-huh. I like the idea of that. And I, and I thought it was really interesting. And uh, and it's sort of like this, you know, hippie, dippy bullshit that, you know, Linklater is good at writing, right? Yeah. Um, if you've seen like Everybody Wants Some or Days and Confused or anything. Well, of course like, I've seen Days and Confused. It's like right it, there, man. Right. But if you've seen it, the audience, if you've seen any of those, <laughs> you understand what I'm talking about because there are uh, there are moments where these people just talk to one another and they're having these very 
I think stereotypically would be like a stoner conversation. And, yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. It is kind of reminiscent of, uh, fuck, I can't think of the character's name, but when they're all at moon tower partying and their stoner friend is like going off about like the fucking government and shit. And or if we want to tie it in with one of our past episodes, it is like our friend in the overalls at the house party in a ghost story when he's talking. Yo, about, shout out to our ghost story episode and another fellow Texan, David Lowry. So maybe yep. it's a Texan thing. Maybe we just like <laughs> to think of, um, of, of the existential when we're maybe, uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, okay. So my favorite conversation, I mean, one of them that I really like is, is, uh, after the, the palm reader leaves mm. And he and <clears throat> and Ethan Hawke is just so, and actually I agree with him. If they had to tell the truth, it would put their asses out of business. Yeah. But they don't tell the truth. And oddly enough, Ashley and I, uh, we've been rewatching Supernatural, and we got to the episode where they go home and they see their psychic friend, uh, Missouri Mo- Mosley. Sure. And she, a great character actress. Uh, I looked up her name earlier. I'm not going to do it now. Uh, but she, she's telling a customer like, oh, like your wife loves you. She's fine. Like everything's great with your relationship. And then after the guy leaves, she's like, his wife's cheating on him. And Dean's like, why didn't you just tell him the truth? And she's like, because people aren't here to hear the truth. They want to hear something good. Yeah. And so I agree with Ethan Hawke that had she been honest, uh, Celine wouldn't have liked the answer. And, you know, Celine, but as you know, Celine is very optimistic and is very like, well, no, like. It felt good to hear that. And he's like, of course it felt good. You paid her yeah. <laughs> to tell you something good. Yeah. Um, so I'd say that's one of them. I think the other one is when they talk about their parents. Okay. And how Ethan Hawke says how, like, you know, parents kind of fuck up their kids. Yeah. How, like, his dad said that he never wanted him. And he was like, you know, it felt like I was crashing a party. Yeah. And I, I, I like that conversation just mm-hmm. because, you know, like, it kind of summarizes what a lot of people feel about in my opinion, at least, and maybe you can relate since we're both children of divorce. Mm. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. uh, but about like, you know, how parents, how we, how we as kids view our own parents. Uh-huh. You know? I don't know. So the, uh, out of the two, I would probably say the parents one is a little okay. bit more. Right on. I, I lean more towards that. That's my favorite. Um, but I don't know. Everything, all their conversations in the movie are just so... So great. I know. It's so good. A a runner-up is them in their pretend phone calls uh, at the table. I love it because it's not just them being silly and being goofy, but it's also... They're being... They're they're letting the other one know how they feel about them by playing this, like, role-playing game. Yeah. Right? By pretending to talk to someone else about them. Right? And I really like the way that that plays out. And I like that they're able to be very honest about... Because yeah, it kind of forces yeah, it kind of forces them to be honest of how they're feeling. Um, Okay, so so we we kind of went in this like zigzag. Yeah, yeah, we're we're zigzagging. Okay, everyone. So the movie is Ethan Hawke, Jesse, and (laughs) Julie Delpy, Celine, or yeah, Celine. They meet. Yeah, Jesse and Celine. Jesse and Celine. They meet on a train headed to Vienna, and Jesse. They they start to talk on the train. And Jesse is immediately enamored with Celine and wants her to get off the train with him in Vienna because he's catching a flight to go home from Vienna. And he's like, you know, you can always get on a train. And they spend the whole night 
walking around Vienna, experiencing life and talking about their own life, how they view the world, how they view love and politics and religion and existentialism. And it's, again, I might, uh, future rain might have to put up a counter. It's, <laughs> it's just so natural and, and I love it. And I love, and I love that I watched it a second time. Cause I told you, uh, you know, here's a little, uh, inside baseball for for you uh for you folks listening we were we were gonna record the devil all the time and this one back to back because i was going out of town and we didn't want everyone to wait for a week um but you had some stuff come up and we couldn't do it and i not necessarily wasn't paying attention my first watch along but i wasn't really honing in on what they were talking about so i'm actually i'd I'd actually appreciate that we waited a week that I could rewatch it. Yeah. Cause just, it's so like, it's so rich, like with dialogue and, and like, I don't know, man. Like it's like, I always try to save my fangirling moment for the end, but it's just so good. Yeah. So fucking good. <laughs> um, and it is, and it's very basic in its structure. Just two people just have a conversation. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I was kind of talking to you about this. Well, I said it in our teaser for this uh, for this episode is Linklater didn't have a huge budget for this movie and it overdid its budget in the box office. Yeah. And, you know, and in, in, in a time where, you know, most movies now have a multi-million dollar budget, you know, triple digits at, at least. It's like $30. Yeah, this, yeah, I, th- I think, yeah, I think it was, like actually, I think it was much, like 10. However much a Metro card is. Uh. Yeah, yeah, because, <laughs> you know, like, because I'm pretty, they, I didn't want, I should have watched it so I could have gone into this episode knowing, but most of the people they interact with, or at least what would be considered extras, mm-hmm. are real people, right? It would seem to be. Because yeah. that's what I mean. That's what I would assume. I would assume the few people that actually talk to them are actors that they cat, like the, the the guys telling them about, like, oh, you should see our play about the cow. Those guys, I think, were actors. Yeah, I think they, I think so too. Because they're credited. Yeah. So, but I think everyone else. Oh, they never went. I know. Because <sighs> he plays the cow, and I I I, lo- I didn't catch it in my first watch along. <laughs> But this one I did of his whole like, you know, and the cow acts like a human and he smoke she smokes a cigarette with the hooves and I was like I oh, see that would have been funny to see. Yeah. Like a little cow just like <sighs> with the hooves. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> But yeah, and it's and it's so Okay, so so I wanna talk about how Jesse in my opinion, in, in a few moments, it feels like he really offends Celine. Okay. Um, like with the palm reader. And she and she tells him. She tells him, like, I didn't really like how you were talking about that. Um, but in certain times when they're talking, it, it does seem like Jesse is being a little... I don't want to say rude, because I feel like rude is too simplistic. He was. I just feel like he was being unintentionally rude. Uh-huh. I guess, you know, like when they were, um, right before, you know, Celine sees the, the posters for the exhibition. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I could tell that 
what he said and and of course it, it's like someone asking me what's my favorite movie i can't remember what he said but i the look on her face just looked like she was offended but she's so enamored with him mm -hmm. that she's not necessarily going to let it bother her but like she's going to try to just roll with it you know i mean i really don't know what the point i was making here <laughs> i just I just kind of caught that this watch along. Well, that. it's like, you know, it is sort of in this typical, stereotypical romance story. Mm -hmm. You do have conflict, right? In a bigger way. In, mm -hmm. in this, you know, we still get conflict. We still get, you know, um, we still get feelings hurt. Yeah. Even if it's just for a moment, right? Yeah. Um, and so we're, we're getting these tropes that we would normally get throughout the time period of years yeah, or a year or whatever in a typical romance movie. But, uh, but here we're getting it in the span of one night, basically real time. Yeah. Real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and, you know, and it's, and, you know, and speaking of hurt feelings, you know, they bring that up at one point, you know, cause he says, were we about to have our first fight? Mm -hmm. And, you know, and she kind of seems like she wasn't really paying attention, but, you know, then she says something, which I kind of agree with, was, why is that a bad thing? Everyone thinks conflict is so horrible, but, like, it, it's it's better to have conflict than not. Like, because then you can grow from a conflict. Because yeah. if there is no conflict, then you can't grow together, not only as individual people, but as a couple, you can't grow from that. Right. And even though couples used loosely here like if this was just a one-off movie couple would be very loose yeah i have i haven't watched the other two movies yet i want to go in blind but i have read a little bit ahead yeah in their relationship in the next two movies but um Boo. shut up Boo. fuck you okay uh, uh but anyway i like i mean it just it's you know and, it, and it's so interesting too that it could also be a cultural thing Right? True. I True. mean, they, they start off, you know, when they meet in that joking, you know, um, oh, I'm I'm American. She goes, oh, you are? He's like, yeah, no fucking shit. You know what yeah. I mean? Pretty much. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, and his whole like, oh, yeah, I'm the dumb, crude American. I don't speak any other languages, you know? Yeah. Um, Which we don't. I don't speak any other languages. No. Well, I mean, and, and just, just like Jesse, I took... I didn't take four years of Spanish in high school, but I took two years. I took my uh, required two years of yeah, Spanish. Yeah, that's right. And um, all I remember how to do is count to 30. Mm. And that's it. And obviously, in good morning, good night, and hello. Yeah. And that's it. I, I can't. I could not hold a conversation to save my life. Yeah, uh, no way. Yeah, what are we, Haley? Yeah. No. <laughs> Shout out to Haley. Haley speaks Spanish. Who doesn't watch this? Uh, do you make her sometimes? No, like, no you gotta listen. Listen. Never, never, ever, ever. No. I I don't make Ashley. Either. It'd be weird if she was really into it. I think. Why? I don't know. Cause it's like I don't know. I don't know. It'd be weird. I don't know. I, I don't want her to. Well, I've been saying that we need stuff. to get her on for at least one episode. For sure. I mean, technically, Ashley's been on the podcast. She hasn't been on with us. But Ashley's been on. So. That's true. Okay, fine. We'll get yeah. we'll get her on. We'll, I mean, get, get I mean, I know, I know. We'll won't be one of these. I'll tell you that. That's right. That's I, I told you that I'd be down to do a whole episode over uh, 
the Winter Soldier, because I know she's seen that. Oh, she loves Captain America. <laughs> and anyway, yeah, well, <laughs> conversation for later. Conversation for another time. Uh, but yeah, man, and so, okay. So, I also love to... So, the you know, audience, the plot is very simple. They spend a whole night talking. So now I want to talk more about, like, the... Truthfully, the technicality, more so, like, in the camera movements... The camera is just very static, and yeah. I and I love that. I mean, yeah, there's a few tracking shots of them walking, which is a majority of the movie, but there are a few static shots, and it's just so. It's very intimate, mm-hmm. and I and again, I will agree with you. Of it feels like we shouldn't be yeah, like watching I, like this. I'm you know it's it's almost voyeuristic, but it's uh, Roger Ebert said it's like a documentary with an invisible camera, yeah. right? And what I love most about the camera is that they just, and why it just feels so real is that the camera doesn't cut away. Yeah. These are very long shots oh, yeah. of them just talking to one another. Yeah. I think the, the quickest I would say cutaway is when, um, the song that we opened the show with, uh, well, our listeners will hear a YouTube audience won't get yeah. to hear, unfortunately. Yeah. Sorry guys. Um, but our listeners heard when, when they play that song, when they're at the record store, that's when we're getting our most kind of quick cuts because we're seeing them, you know, leave the record store and then, you know, just kind of walk down the street and then run to catch the, the, the tram and then, you know, that kind of thing. And but then after that, we're back to these long, very drawn out static shots of them talking. And, and yeah, you know, we, we've been talking a lot about the dialogue. Yeah, I think my favorite moment in the film is in the listening booth when they're not talking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and there's almost this sort of, I mean, we as an audience know that there's an unspoken thing between them already. And the, the choreography is so good because they're, they're looking at one another, but they're never looking at each other. Right. Yeah. One will look away when the other is looking at them. Right. So mm-hmm. they never make eye contact in the listening booth. Yeah. Right? It, yeah. It, it's, I've, now that I will say, I've been in a situation sort of like that where like you you want to look at the person, but you don't want them knowing you're looking at them. Yeah. And so then when you see their head start to turn, you're like, oh, oh yeah. right. Oh, ceiling, that's cool. And it's sort of, and of course, it's in the beginning of them, you know, kind of getting to really know each other. And so they're, it's almost like they they're both super into the other one, right? Mm-hmm. Super into this is super um, high school. Into, super intellectual. Is what this says. <laughs> Uh, this is very academic, the way I'm speaking. You but should, you should get a pipe. But they, uh, they're they're very attracted to one another, right? Yeah. And but they don't want the other to know just how much yet, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't know. You know, they're playing this one moment at a time. They're they're not honestly not planning on spending the entire night together, right? Yeah, yeah. I think. Uh... Yeah, it's almost sort of like the night goes how they, you know, how they kind of play it off, you know, because they go to at least three cafes. Yeah, they go to a lot of places. Uh, You know, they go to three cafes. They walk up and down pretty much all over Vienna, you know, and it definitely seems like they are kind of sort of playing it by ear and sort of, I guess, how the other is feeling. And But, but right, like in this booth, right? Yeah. 
uh, this this unspoken attraction to one another. There's going to be another moment like this in uh, before sunset. Um, so yeah, little little teaser there. Little tease. And and it just works so well. These two are remarkable. Oh yeah, man. And and you know, and I I've seen. I've seen quite a few uh, films with Ethan Hawke. Of course, you know, I can't speak enough of Predestination. Shout out to our oh, Predestination so episode. Um, I love Ethan Hawke. I think he's a fantastic actor. I can't wait for The Black Phone. Oh, me either. Um, I, I saw that the, the IMDb score is a little low, but I don't give a shit. It's Scott Derrickson and it's yeah. Ethan Hawke. Who, who the fuck cares? Yeah, Scott Derrickson. So um, and it, it was just so interesting seeing him like this seeing as you know this you know i i read after i watched the, the watched it the first time that you know jesse is considered to be this you know self-proclaimed cynic on romance but deep down he's actually a very big romantic and yeah i mean c- clearly you know he meets this woman after not but like 12 hours after breaking up with his own girlfriend yeah Meets this new girl and falls deeply in love with her. Yeah. Um, but still tries to play it off that he's like, oh, man, like, could you ever really commit yourself to one person <laughs> forever? Well, and she calls him out on it because um, he says something sort of cynical about romance. And then she goes, oh, mister, oh, please kiss me in the in the, in, in the, the Ferris, Ferris wheel. wheel. Yeah. Oh, please, the lighting's so perfect. He's like, all right, all right. You know, it's the, she, they know each other so well Mm -hmm. without knowing each other at all. You know, it's, it, what, it's what makes their relationship so, so wonderful and so sought after, I think. Um, Well, and, 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 and the movie is also very refreshing, you know, for the time, this is 94. So, you know, so the nineties at this point in the nineties were full of these, you know, overly complicated love stories. You know, the only one that springs to mind besides this one that kind of breaks the mold, don't laugh at me, or maybe you might agree with me, is Jerry Maguire. I love Jerry Maguire. I, so do I, man. I love Jerry Maguire. Uh, now, I don't really consider that a love story. Now, now, hold person. on now. Oh, oh shit. Um, oh, fuck. Uh, Cameron Crowe, the director and writer of Jerry Maguire, uh, calls it a romantic comedy for men. Um, we'll see. But a romance movie for men. So, uh, I, he, it's designed for us to like it oh. a whole bunch. But, um, and who knows why? Um, well, it's Tommy it's, Cruise, it's so good. I love Jerry Maguire. And, but that was before this, though, right? It's Jonathan Lipnicki, you know what I mean? So it's like, All that's right. what it is. It's the little kid, you know? Um, uh, on Cuba Gooden Jr., bro. Yeah, Cuba. And Renee, I guess. <laughs> and before she got her, her, she didn't get plastic surgery. Yeah, she no. got plastic surgery. Hey, man, no, no way, man. She looks the same. <laughs> Oh, that's, she, um, looks, she doesn't look smooth at all. She or doesn't plastic. look. She doesn't look like a Barbie doll at all. No, no, that was left she's out always, in the sun too long. She's always looked that. like that. I would never say that. She it looked like that, just like in in Chicago. <laughs> um, but okay, but Jerry Maguire was before this, right? Or am I wrong? I don't know. I'm probably wrong. Future Rain will correct me. Sure. Um, but anyway, but so my point being is that this movie was very. Refreshing. I mean, granted, you and I were only one when this movie came right. out. Now the the indie movement of this time, you know, we're starting we're starting to pick up speed with these independent films mm-hmm. that are a little more grounded, a little more 
uh, down to earth, right? Those two things mean the same thing. And <laughs> well, that was the same thing twice. And and like another example would be another Ethan Hawke film, Reality Bites. Uh, would be another example. It's a Ben Stiller. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's fine. It's not a big deal. Uh, ben Stiller's in it, and so is Lisa Loeb, I think. Uh, oh no, Lisa Loeb. That's how she got famous. Was the song "Stay" was in Reality Bites? It never. So, <laughs> um, but the films like that, you know, sort of paved the way for uh, films like this. Now, Reality Bites, I think, is like ninety one. So it wasn't even that long ago. Okay, before this. Well, anyway, the point I was just making was just that this is just so refreshing for the nineties because, you know, you and I growing up in the nineties. You know, I remember a lot of the films my parents watched. You know, I rewatched Toy Story till the tape broke. Um, you know, Toy Story's good. I mean, it is good, bro. But uh, but you know, most of those films I feel like didn't have. I don't want to say lasting power. It didn't have sort of like the impact that I that I felt with this movie. I wish like, I knew more romance films of of that time because I, I I don't because again didn't. it's not my favorite well, genre. You know? And again, the only one I can really think of that broke the mold for me in the nineties was Jerry Maguire, dude. Yeah. Um, well, I'm trying to think of other ones that weren't so good, and I can't at the like moment. Like Days of Thunder, another Tommy Cruise movie. I'm thinking. I'm not thinking of Tom Cruise movies. I'm thinking. I think of, of all movies. the Tom Cruise movies. Oh my god, I'm thinking of maybe like. I was about to say say anything, but I was like, wait, no, that's 80s. I was gonna say Hope Floats. <laughs> that's 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 Dude, a good splash. I don't know. Oh, that's I don't 80s. No, that's 80s. Um, and it's not on Disney Plus. You you corporate fucks. Damn. He nah, really, I guys, don't. I don't want to see Splash at all. Guys, those of you who can, <laughs> give my boy a copy of Splash so you can watch that. Okay. Yeah, man. He's hurting over here with some oh, yeah. Splash. I need I need Tom Hanks and Daryl Hannah. Yeah, I mean, who does? No, I don't. Okay. I mean, I need more Tom Hanks in my life, but I don't need Daryl. Oh I'm I'm good enough. I'm good with Kill Bill. Anyways, point point being is, point is that this movie I feel like really broke the mold. You know, being so simple, but yet I'm not necessarily complicated, but it's it's so just no, it's dense. Right? Yeah, it, it's simple in in idea, but in in when it comes to fruition, it's it's rich and dense and you're right. Not complex, but you know, um, rich and dense. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I thought you were going to try to flip them like, but you know, it's also dense It's and rich and rich and, rich and dense. Uh, but yeah, it's, and it's, and it, you know, and I also haven't seen sure. a lot of Richard Linklater's movies, you know, obviously seeing days and confused. I've seen, um, School of Rock. Um, Bad News Bears. Bad News Bears. Nice. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what what other ones I've seen of his. We need to see Scanner Darkly. You I, got, well, I've seen it, but I don't remember it. You need to see Slacker. You need to see... Oh, that's on my Criterion Wishlist. Slacker and Boyhood are on my Criterion Wishlist. Yep. You gotta see Everybody Wants Some. Isn't that the spiritual sequel to Days and Confused? As yes. He, as he says it? Yeah. yeah. Um, I do want to see the new one he's doing. It's going to take him 20 years to complete. Uh, he'll be 80 by the time it's over. 
Well, because I tried to see when they started production, um, and I think they started it like in twenty twenty. So, Uh-oh. and he's he's like barely sixty one, so he'll be like eighty by the time it's over. That's ambitious. Yeah. The good news is he can do other things while he's doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because this is just one of the projects, because that's what he did with Boyhood. He did all all of the movies we mentioned, uh, save Days and Confused, Confused. Uh, he did during that time. So Yeah. Um, but anyway, but so it's just, you know, he, he has such a specific view of the world, you know? I agree. Like, I remember seeing School of Rock, and, I mean, maybe potentially later on a future episode. Oh, okay. Uh, but I remember seeing School of Rock and thinking how just interesting it was that, first of all, had this happened in the real world, uh, they would have found out that he was not a sub <laughs> from the get-go. Um, but just, and even like Days and Confused. But of course, Days and Confused is also very niche because if you live in Austin, you know you know. You yeah. know, because, but it's, but this is just so whole. This this movie is almost like a whole different monster, in in the fact that it it, fe- it doesn't feel like a Richard Linklater movie, but at the same time, none of his films do, and I think that's part of the magic of Richard Linklater. That he, he can, that he's not defined by no, because he can go from Days and Confused, and then he can do. Oh, I forgot about Bernie. Oh, I, wanna, yeah, I Bernie. really want to see that. Might I might add that to the list? Cool. Uh, and then he can do a scanner darkly. Yeah. And then he can do Banner Spears. And then he can do Before Sun Before Sunrise, right? You mean Before Sunset? Whatever. Oh, well, the, the movie you're talking about. Right, right. Yeah. And then he can do all of these things, and they're all very well done, very unique, and they're all the same person. Right? And I think, and I think what it is, and we'll probably, I'll probably say it a fucking again in the next two episodes, is, you know, he doesn't have like a trope, like. Our boy Quentin. You know, Quentin has tropes that are in his films. Um, Lynch has tropes in his films. Um, yeah, like when you turn it on, you, you know it, it's who a, it is. You know it's a Lynch film. You know it's a Quentin Tarantino film. You know it's, for me, a Wes Anderson movie. You know it's, you know, um, a Peter Jackson movie. Um, but with Linklater, like, I completely forgot he had done Bad News Bears. And I was like, holy shit, he did fucking... And we're not even talking... We, we, like, there was, like, um, me and Orson or something. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, Zach it, Efron. And then, yeah. And then there's Newton Boys. And there's... First off, there's a phenomenal documentary about the life and career of Richard Linklater. And it's very, very good. Wasn't it... I feel like I heard about it. It's very good. Yeah. So, definitely check that out if you're a fan. I forgot. I think it's the the first twenty one years or something like that or whatever. It's very good. Um, and they go through his filmography, and you just you know at the end of it, you're like, I can't believe one person did all of these because they're just all so different. Yeah. Besides the sequels and the you know spiritual sequels stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, they're all just so different. Yeah, and and man, and it just and this movie just it feels. You know, it feels so real, you know, and it, and and it, maybe you subconsciously did this, kind of tying it back to our season premiere of Irreversible. It, it just feels very real, you know, and... I did not do that on purpose. That's why I said subconsciously. Oh, maybe, yeah, maybe. You know, yeah. if you, you know, listen <laughs> once in a while, you know, 
to you? Oh, what? <laughs> uh, but no, like, I mean, again, it, and you probably didn't even do it subconsciously, but it just, it feels very real that, you know, and, and, and I can't wait to watch the other two yeah. and I can't wait to talk about the other two. Yeah. Um, because I, I really, I just really loved everything about the movie. You know, um, I really wanted to watch when I was going to rewatch it today. I really wanted to watch it with Ashley, but I, my body woke me up at 10 a.m. and I couldn't go back to sleep. And usually on the weekend, that's what most people do. Well, it's the weekend and this is my last weekend off relative to this recording audience. Um, and usually on the weekends I let Ashley sleep in. So I was like, I'll just go ahead and watch it. It's not a big deal. But, um, I did watch this one and the second one back to back. Yeah, I, I like I said, I'm gonna go when, in. I mean, not this time, but when I saw them for the first time, yeah, I, I watched this one and then I watched um, before sun sunset, sunset back to back, and then the next day I watched midnight. Yeah, because uh, it was getting way too late. It was like fucking two in the morning. I was like, I can't. Yeah, we were up till two in the morning watching Supernatural. Uh, well, we so, watched Encanto first, and then we watched. Oh, was it. that good? I haven't uh, seen that. Are you joking? I'm not joking. Oh, I have okay. not seen it. It, it, it was good. I have but, not seen it. Hey, let's let's close up yeah, the episode yeah, yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Jeremy, are you ready to wrap up? Wrap up wrap I am. Um, I'm I'm so happy you're enjoying it. Yeah, man. So uh, far, I mean, they only get better. Then that's I mean to me to me they only get better. The second one is my favorite. So would you say now? No, I'm not even ask that because it wouldn't make sense. Because if they do get better, then I'm not going to even ask that. So just scratch that. I think. Um, yeah, man. I can't wait. So. Audience, uh, again, we are in our we are in our end of season series. So, next week is before sunset. Yes. Um, this one was in two thousand two, correct? Uh, two thousand and three, because it's nine years. Nine years. Yeah. So, ninety four. Yeah. Yeah. Nine years. Yeah, man. Um, I can't wait, man. Um, I think this is the first time that we, <laughs> for an end of season series, we've actually done sequels. Yeah, I don't think um, we've done sequels. Before. I mean, because technically, last season um, it, they were not necessarily sequels, but they were a trilogy, just of different stories. Right. Um, next season might have something similar to that. I thought about doing just a redux of stage to screen again. because there's so many others. There's so many, right? Yes. And, yeah. Yeah, I'll save it. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, not that this one wasn't. You know, this one is kind of like that because you know we're it's basically could be a stage performance yeah it could have yeah yeah so i mean it's very dialogue heavy which is what i like so yeah all right everyone well we hope you enjoyed uh before sunrise um and we hope you are ready for this end of season series and we'll see you next week for before sunset Yeah, although tomorrow it don't look that good.